We haven't had a podcast dealing with mortgage lender examinations in a while, so I thought it'd be great to hear an update on the latest examination issues. You're listening to the Compliance Insiders with Roger Fendelman, where you can hear the best and brightest experts in the mortgage industry discuss compliance and technology issues that affect you. It's all you need to know in 10 minutes or less. Today, I'm speaking with Burton Embry, EVP and Chief Compliance Officer of Primary Residential Mortgage and President of the Mortgage Compliance Professionals Association. Bert, thanks for being here. Roger, thanks for having me. I've enjoyed listening to your podcasts ever since you started putting these out, and they've been very informative, and you've had some excellent presenters, and Josh Weinberg, Jira Ryan, Lisa Klicka, Susan Brace, just to name a few, and I'm honored to be among those. Thanks again for having me. Absolutely, and thanks for the kind words. So what's the latest in state examinations that the millions of listeners around the country should be aware of? Well, I, I think back to the old Rocky movie. I don't remember if it was Rocky Two or Rocky Three, but when they asked Clubber Lang for the prediction about his fight with Rocky, Clubber said, pain. Yes, he did. <laughs> and I think for state exams, there's going to be some pain felt. As I can tell you from our perspective, we're seeing increased information requests from many of these state regulators, which tells me that they've increased their scope and they're looking for more and more. So what are some of the states that are picking up enforcement and what does it look like? Well, we've seen Massachusetts, for example, shift their entire examination methodology to match that of the CFPB. So now when you get a Massachusetts exam, it's almost like getting a mini CFPB exam. We've seen states like Louisiana, for example. In a recent exam we had with them, their entry letter was 19 pages. So it's 19 pages of information requests, and and that's quite a bit. We're just seeing that in a lot of the states right now as they go into areas where previously they haven't gone before. Well, that's interesting. At least with the Massachusetts exam, it seems as if, in theory, if you're prepared for a CFPB examination, you may well be prepared for theirs too, depending on, I suppose, what they do with the information they receive from you. It is a little different to hear Louisiana step up enforcement like that, though. That's a bit of a surprise. Yeah, I was surprised when we got that exam entry letter, too, and it was 19 pages. That's almost as many pages as we had in our initial CFPB exam back in 2012. But, you know, it was, for the most part, good information. And I think most of us appreciate an exam and realize that exams only make us better. So I don't mind giving information to examiners as long as they use it. That's right. And if the examiners aren't doing it, your investors are. So there's always somebody looking to make sure that you're in compliance, which is benefiting consumers and the industry as a whole. But we do see trends occurring here. I think I wanted to add one issue. The superintendent for the New York DFI expressed her disappointment in the CFPB's sudden policy shift away from aggressive enforcement. And as we've seen in the past, New York, Massachusetts are leaders when it comes to state-level enforcement that over time, other states tend to adopt their practices as well. Oh, there's no question about that. We'll see increased activity in California and Washington and, and probably Illinois and several others, North Carolina. 
the leaders in the state examination process. We'll definitely see increased uh, information requests and what have you from them, no question. And other states will follow too. It won't just be them. Well, that makes sense to people like you and me. I think you might agree with this. One of the challenges that compliance leaders around the country have is being able to effectively communicate this to the leaders of their companies. There seems to be this prevailing attitude that with the CFPB's new direction, there may not be the need for as large a compliance budget and staff as there was in the past. But I'm not sure that's the case. What do you think? Oh, I definitely think that's not the case. And it's funny because I was listening to Frank and Brian this morning, and Brian was on the dais telling his listeners that, you know, the CFPB under Mulvaney kind of stopped doing everything and lenders should rejoice. And the king regulator is, I don't want to say dead, but relaxed, and that should be happy times. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, does Brian not know that HUD's still out there and FTC's out there? And oh, by the way, we've got DOJ and IG. And if that's not enough, then there's 50 states that want to regulate us non-bank lenders and all the states that we're licensed in. And there's plenty of regulators to go around. Just because the CFPB's temporarily revisiting all their stuff, it's no vacation out there. Sadly, though, a lot of my loan officers, a lot of my managers, they're hearing all this stuff, like what I listened to this morning. And they believe it's factual and nothing could be further from the truth. The regulatory environment is still very strong and active. Bert, I know you and I have a lot more to talk about, so I look forward to having you on again real soon. Are you a Compliance Insider? Then go to CompliancePodcast.com immediately and join our mailing list so you never miss an episode. Got something to say? Request to be on the show. Go to CompliancePodcast.com with your topic ideas. And as always, thank you for listening.